one, hold on, make sure we're there. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, hello once again, all of our friends and followers out there in the world of the film roundtable. Um, we are coming to you today from December 12th, 2020. Uh, and what we have with us today is a team of filmmakers. Um, we've got Tammy Riker, who is the cinematographer on a project which will be coming out soon called One Night in Miami. And with her tonight, we've got her camera operator, Chad Chamberlain, and her first assistant camera, Sarah Brandy. Say hello, everybody. How are you? Hi. Um, hello. Um, so uh, for all of our followers out in the film roundtable, as those of you that have been with us for a while, uh, know that this came about and this started with fellow filmmakers when we all got uh, iced when COVID began, when we were all forced to stay home and not be part of the professions that we have chosen to love and work hard at. So as a group of filmmakers, we've come together um, and started talking about our process, demystifying what and how it is that of what we do. Um, and even though projects are starting to kick up and we all know that the COVID cases are starting to rise, um, you know, it's important for us to address how this began and how we're still here. Um, one thing I always like to do and need to do for all of us is read the numbers, um, just so we all know, as of this taping uh, on December 12th, as I said, uh, globally, we are at 1.61 million deaths due to COVID. And here in the United States of America, as of right now, we are at 299,000. So by tomorrow morning, we will be over 300,000 deaths in this country. Um, so right now, we just want to hold a moment of silence, please. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, and uh, that's something that we're going to continue to do as long as we're on the air here because the cases are not ceasing. Um, so uh, now, to get with this group at hand, camera department is something that, you know, everyone of you that follow us know that we've had on lots of different DPs, um, you know, who all know each other from uh, different aspects of the business. Uh, this is the first time that we've got an entire department from one specific movie. Um, one Night in Miami is a Amazon uh, movie that will come out in theaters on December 25th and will come out on Amazon Prime January 15th. For those of you that have not seen the trailer uh, or know what this is about, it's uh, based upon a historical event. This is Regina King, the actress, her first directorial project. Um, and it's about a convergence of four historical characters, one night in Miami in 1964. Um, about, uh, takes place on the evening of Cassius Clay defeating Sonny Liston. And it's um, based upon the gathering of Cassius Clay, uh, Malcolm X, uh, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown, who were all incredible titans and pillars of the African-American community in the various different uh, aspects of the entertainment business that they were in. Um, so first off, Tammy, I'd, I'd like to ask, how did this come about for you and getting teamed up with Regina? And what, what drew you to this project? Uh, this is my first time working with Regina and, uh, I came to this project, just the producers sent the, I uh, got the script through my agent, the producers reached out and, uh, I got the script. I, I, then I had an interview with Regina. I made a lookbook and we really hit it off. And then that's it. I was on my way to New Orleans with Regina. <laughs> And, and, what, and what was it, and visually as, you know, cause that's one thing we've often talked about with cinematographers is they pre prepare a visual idea for the movie. Um, you know, visually, what were some of your initial thoughts in terms of this story? Well, visually, I, I presented a, a really saturated, rich, contrasty lookbook with really saturated colors and you know rich blacks a lot of contrast I use a lot of street photographers like Saul Leader and Gary Winograd and then these men have been photographed so much uh the photographs of Howard Bingham and Neil Leffler and Eve Arnold 
So I use a lot of photographs from the time, but all of them were very uh, saturated in color. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting always to see like, and you can say this as a cinematographer, how when your initial vision of how a story is going to come about and then how it ends up playing out, how you're finally able to create that look on set or something similar. Um, so for your team here, since we're talking about the teamwork, um, had you worked with either Chad or Sarah before this project? I have known Sarah for 15 years. <laughs> uh, I met Sarah through when John Connor was my first AC. And so Sarah was the second, and then we did quite a Loader. few- Correction, Loader. <laughs> Loader, and then, <laughs> that's right. And we did uh, Getting On Together and Beyond the Lights and Delilah, One Night in Miami, and lots of commercials together. <laughs> And Chad, what about you? Is this your first journey with Tammy? This, this is my first journey with both Sarah and Tammy. Okay, great. All right. So that, that's, it's always interesting when you've got a group that's very tight knit and you bring in the new person. I've been there before. It's always... Uh, it's, that seems you know, like most of my life. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, well an interesting said. power dynamic too, because, you know, like... Uh, because Tammy and I have known each other, but I knew she had to rely on Chad so much. So like kind of providing a space in which the two of them could have a, like a fruitful relationship and yet being able to service both of them, but knowing that I was there for Tammy, like that, it's a really interesting dynamic for sure. Um, you know- But you were also able to jump in more than most firsts I work with, because you could, interpret the language and and help fill gaps when they needed to be I yeah thought. it was a i mean i i honestly have to say i think this is like one of the best working relationships i've i've had um you know in a long time or or maybe ever in in my career to date like it, it just was so uh with everything like you know because then tammy and i both were were leaving los angeles which is our native and coming to chad's hometown of new orleans to shoot the film so going to his playing field was also interesting but i think you know i don't know where the word came from initially but the idea of collaboration was on the forefront of everybody's mind and like you know and just sort of being there to help everybody see i mean I've been there. I I just think Tammy is a visionary and she is an amazing eye and she can curate such good visuals that I just want to see that through like to the umpteenth degree. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. I, I think I just tried to view myself as a conduit because I kept trying to, I don't know, especially at the beginning, I was trying to make some decisions that I realized weren't the right one. <laughs> so I just kept trying, you know, when you have somebody who's really focused and has the right plan for something, you just want to achieve it. Yeah, that's well said. And, you know, one of the things I'm curious about, because, you know, having worked with writers who became directors, cinema, you know, cinematographers who've become directors and actors who have become directors, I can tell you from firsthand knowledge that it's it, the, the job of directing from is, is always approached differently depending on their background. Now, an actor is very much centric on the performance, what I've been able to tell, of their fellow actors, right? An actor who has become a director. And that leaves a lot of the visual weight on the cinematographer's shoulders, Tammy, to be able to you know, design the look and feel of the movie within the construct of how actors turn directors like the work, which is usually from my experience, very long, continuous takes so that actors can kind of get into the groove of their performance, right? That's kind of like what an actor-director would want. So is that something you encountered on this? And how did you and Regina, you know, work together to create the visual style that you had in mind for the movie? Well, uh, first of all, Regina is just fantastic to work with. She had a very clear vision of the movie she wanted to make. So we worked 
together creating the style and and from our initial conversations you know the the most daunting part of the script because it does originate from a play was you know over half the film is in a hotel room with these four men talking and there were 12 10 and 12 page scenes that are just wall-to-wall dialogue not even a you know, Malcolm crosses the room, just line after line after line. And so for all of us, that was how we were gonna keep this alive and interesting and and make the camera not, you know, observant yet interesting and not take over, you know, she wanted, she didn't want the camera to be a distraction. And so that is when I proposed to Regina that we shoot off of two jib arms, not on hot heads, but underslung on lambda heads with the operators being able to float and, and move in this space. And we, we didn't get the actors until a few days before shooting. So there was no big rehearsals. And we started off with the hotel room. So we, we started, we, we started, we did 10, 12, 15 minute takes and and we would do the coverage in the same way. You know, the masters would inform our coverage and the, the actors, they didn't want to do pickups, you know, especially Kingsley it was just so incredible. Like that experience being in the room with him, he would wanted to do the whole scene from the beginning. And so uh, I think for for everyone in the room, Chad, right? It was a it was a new and very interesting experience to do every take 10, 12, 15 minutes long. Yeah, I was I was pulling this. I don't think I can share this, but I, I basically just recorded everything on my phone just because you'd you'd sit there and just watch it and you're going, what happened? Like they went <laughs> it's four guys, but they're moving around. And you know, if you're trying to think about the line, you're trying to think about where you should be. There's literally just no way to remember a 12, 15 minute take. It's not gonna happen. So we just started recording. I just sit there with my phone and then we'd <laughs> show it to the stand-ins. We'd go through the whole thing. And it just looked like a murder scene with the, the marks on the ground. <laughs> and then they'd all have to come up. <laughs> so it didn't even. <laughs> Two second assistants marking uh, just to figure out where the actors were gonna be. Yeah, Haley and Sienna were Haley incredible. Sienna were amazing. They just, yeah. So, so like just total pros, like just going through marking everything, you know, like, and, and that's like the hardest part. I feel so bad at for second assistance. Like when you're like, when to know that that's like a key moment to, to mark, you know, like, and like, you know, like it, it's this, it's, it's the perfect point of our, our business of being like the unspoken language of like, is this, should I, should I lay the tape? And then like the, between the first AD, the, the director, the DP and the first AC and the second AC, like all five people have to non-verbally communicate that this is a moment you lay a mark. Like, <laughs> and to try and figure that out. And they did, and they were just kind of bit like these two amazing women were just figuring out like, this was a point and, and we'd kind of be like, yes or no. And um, to get them to figure that out. But, but then like, at, that was once it was laid down, but then, then the moment of it changing, like, oh, so because we're in this room and because Tammy lights to this room and, and it, it's a room, I mean, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <you're> in the... <laughs> I don't know if you could see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of piece of tape down there. It wasn't um it wasn't a stage necessarily, but but it wasn't not a hotel room either. Like it was it was um you know like it it, it wasn't it we made the best out of like what was an unideal situation, maybe if that if you could say it that way, but um the, wa the walls were not necessarily wild. I think there was like a $10,000 discussion as to whether or not we could pull a window. Yeah, window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pull the window, don't pull the window. Um, but behind you know, like every, meter, every picture was a little hidey hole. So the camera 
V camera could come through and there was enough space so they could keep the drift. I mean, this is literally the camera was just always drifting. Yeah, Austin, Austin had that idea of taking the photo out and cutting a hole in it. <laughs> oh, so that's that's a really interesting idea. So actually, the set was designed with the way for you to know, Tammy, at certain times, yes, we're not going to fly walls, but we need little porticos so that we can get the camera to do stuff in different sides of the room. I mean, that that is an interesting thought. And of course, yeah, I mean, that's something that you would want to, you know, obviously think about early on in the design and also in the set deck so that, you know, those things can be proposed the proper way. Yeah. But that, that like evolves even further from, you know, I mean, I think we, we've all been privy to the idea that like, you, it, it comes into that, but then when the actors go where they wanna go and the director decides where they wanna lead them, like it's all something different. So the fact that I, I think that was the genius behind what Tammy wanted to do with the jib arm and the underslung head was this, it, you know, like, I mean, it's the most unorb like thing, but like in the sense of where it becomes editorially, it's like, it, it's just this, it's just this idea floating through a room. It's just like a, it's a presence. It's, it's a, it's a thing that's there, that's there to capture. And it's kind of just like, it, it like, you know, in one aspect, in the logistics, logistics of it, it's kind of the most ridiculous thing. If you were to look at it in hindsight and kind of be like, you're going to try and do what with a jib arm and an underslung head and you're going to what? Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But at the moment, I think I, I, I haven't seen the finished product, but I've seen the trailer and I, I, I know I saw what I saw every frame of everything we shot there. And I was like, we're capturing the moment and this is the only way to do it you can't do it with any other thing and i don't know i feel like chad and i had this conversation at the beginning where we're like i don't i yeah, like let's just let's just be on board and we're gonna do it like and uh <laughs> and <laughs> you know you just you just you just resolve yourself to doing it. And then like, I think that was like maybe in the first week and then for the consecutive weeks that followed, we were just like, this is it. This like, we're doing it. We're doing, we're doing what you wanted. We're doing it. Like we're getting these moments, we're capturing these things. And then that allowed us to have a better relationship too. I think that we understood, we, we were able to quickly see Tammy's vision. So we were able to sort of start to have our own dialogue about where focus should be or where he might go or you know like and and all of the caveat of not understanding the human dynamics of what the actors might be feeling in that scene that's a very good point and it, and it is that type of thing where as a team you buy into something even if you know not sure it's going to work at first and as you see it working you're like yeah yeah i get it this is happening this is working this is great it's solidifying you know and you know and and it is interesting i mean you do because in, in the movie, since I have seen the movie, I watched it before to be able to communicate with you guys effectively about this. But you do bring up a real, there is, are, are certain points where, you know, um, the use of focus dramatically and storytelling wise really, really engages in the cut and helps it, you know, helps the, helps the audience understand, you know, certain cognizant points, you know, and it, you know, focus isn't always used that way. People talk about using it that way, but it's not always used that way. But yet in a room with a lot of people, you know, and being able to, you know, use the depth of field to help understand the audience member understand, yeah, let, let's let's see what emotion this character is having right now was used very effectively within the cut. Thanks. I mean, and, I, and I'm just going to say like, you know, th that is like one instance where I, I am grateful that it, it comes to focus, but it, that, that is a, that's, that flows completely upstream. Like I was able to have a shot at what to do because Chad and I had an opportunity to talk, but then like Tammy also had the presence of being like, we've got to shoot it this way. Like it has to be <laughs> on this camera, yeah. on these lenses at this stop. Like it, it's because, 
her vision and like like was was very streamlined and thorough and i think that that represented to chad who you know like and then and me knowing tammy like we were all able to kind of jump on board to that like and make something it makes that unspoken language go by so much faster you know like you're able to cover so much ground yeah and we had talks ahead of time too that helped a lot with that you know from the beginning it was like oh jib arm in the room and i own a trinity so i started like thinking about that and she's like no then I was like oh obviously a remote head it's like no it's a lambda (laughs) that's what we keep talking about um and everybody's frozen am I still on no you're still on it really becomes a dance with the the dolly grip the operator and and that we did talk about Wayne <laughs> We're definitely talking about Wayne. Yeah. Uh, Who's that? Your dolly no, grip? Yeah. yeah, Wayne. Wayne Sharp was the dolly grip, and we'd be on headset the whole time, uh, which Paul Ledford loved our headset. sound mixer. <laughs> yeah. Headset, guys, yeah. Oh, yeah, two headsets because I'd be on with Tammy. So we had your HMEs, and then I had my uh, whatever they are. So we, I'd be talking to Wayne and then, you know, sometimes there'd be feedback from Tammy or something like that. So I'm wearing two headsets all the time so that, you know, throughout it, it's like things evolve and sometimes throughout a 10 minute take, they're not hitting their marks. So he's, he's got me on track. So he's pushing me and then I'm swinging the arm and most of the time it went the way you want. And then sometimes you're evolving it as it goes. But, you know, as we started specifically because of the talks we had with Tammy and using the Lambda as that language, we, we were able to form a language that we could keep pretty consistent, I think. And, and there were times like, you know, we'd, we'd go to a school and I remember Tammy saying specifically, she's like, this feels like a music video. We're, we're not doing this right now. <laughs> like we we got to come back here and sit because there's, there's part of it where it's a play and you want it to feel uh, you know, like things are unfolding in front of the camera like a play but it's also filmed so we're getting in there and feeling stuff out but at no point do you want to do anything crazy like a lot of this stuff is very much eye level or just below even though we're on a jib you'd think we're doing stuff all over the place but it's it's very linear most of the time yeah yeah it's interesting because I mean uh, you know you get the sense of and it's that type of thing I, I, I say when it's like, you feel the camera breathe, you know, it's not, it's, it's not like, you know, people think movement, oh, it's move. No, there's certain times movement can just be the breath of the camera that helps the storytelling. And, 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 and that's precisely, you know, what you guys dial down during a lot of these, you know, long takes is just to give, just to give it a little bit of life and breath. So in some of these long speeches and back and forth, it didn't just feel like, you know, static, static, static. There's just, that, that nice element of breathing to it that gives it just another layer, you know, within the aspect of cinema. Um, yeah, and sometimes that just gets out of control, like especially with TV and stuff, you, you have so much of this coverage where they're like, but it, let's just make it feel alive and organic. And then it's just like, it's moving for no reason. Yeah. So we were trying really hard to dial that in where everything kind of had a purpose. And, and that's really difficult to do. And you got four guys moving around all the time. Yeah. No, you, I mean, you definitely, you, you, you know, you definitely, and it's interesting, as you said, you shot that, you, so you shot all of the uh, stuff in the room first, and, and how, how many days was that? Was that more than half your schedule? I think that was the first two weeks, yeah, and we shot for 30 days, right, or 30, is that right, Sarah, 30 days, 32? It was like in the 40 range, it was, I mean, I was, I was there for two months. I mean, yeah, we, like with weekends, then we had we had three those long weekends. Yeah, it was around. It was about forty days, and then, and then, you know, we we got a we got a little post COVID feel too. Like we had two scenes that we didn't end up shooting in New Orleans that we had to shoot um, in LA after you know, that we, we sort of tabled at the moment, moment, but then like, you know, COVID happened and not to 
move the conversation to a different place. But like, um, I think as we all had time to sit around and, and be in our COVID moments and then watch civil rights turn over again and feeling that I, I missed this film and the essence of this film being a presence of everyone's life. And then sort of knowing that it was on the horizon and we were gonna shoot it and it was gonna come out this year, I felt like very happy to be a part of it again. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, when, when Tammy told me, I mean, I think I, I have a, an, a love for Tammy that goes like pretty deep. <laughs> we should preface all things with that, that, you know, she's, she's just been there for me as like a, a person trying to find a voice like um, throughout my whole career. And I, I've just wanted to support her throughout her whole career. And so we've been pretty luckily symbiotic throughout that. But when, I became a first AC, I think, you know, um, and I was with Doug actually when I <laughs> sort of got my first official, um, you know, like leg up to, for, you know, becoming a first AC. But, I, you know, it just, it's a hard position to be in to kind of like pull everything together and, and to be there to push that through for Tammy felt very good no matter what. But then when she told me what the content of what we were gonna shoot was, prior to the last seven months i mean that was i was like how can i not give up my life to go be a part of this like it's my one of my favorite people on the planet but like the content was also so great and then not knowing regina but meeting her too it just i you know i was like this is just it, i mean nothing about this project and then and then just con the waves of it all, like going to New Orleans, I hadn't spent a lot of time there and that city is full of life and energy and amazement. And then being um, tasked with finding a crew of people there. And I remember the first conversation I had with Chad and I was like, I don't know if this is gonna go so well. He seems really competent, but, <laughs> and then, I was on a break in a in a prison yard. <laughs> we were shooting in a prison that day. <laughs> you know, we all have those moments. I was like, in hindsight, nothing he said was wrong. It just was strange. But then the first moment we we met each other, like we I feel like like our goal was not to prove our worth to each other, but to like prove the fact that we could see the end game together like that we could make something great together you know like and that was sort of otherworldly in hindsight like you don't get that very often like yeah. you know we we spend a lot of time thinking about where we are and where we've come from and and not necessarily the project but this one really felt special to me like for so many reasons um, it really, being in that room was so, listening to the dialogue, you would just get chills. And still one of my favorite moments is when Wayne, our beloved Dolly Grip, got so into the moment during one of Malcolm's speech that he actually said, that's right. And then he was like, oh my God, I just said that out loud. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so great. That's so great. And you're absolutely right about the subject matter. And it's one of those things like, you know, those who don't study history are condemned to repeat it. You know, it's just, it's it's such, you know, that time and 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 to realize how far we have not come, you know, uh, you know, and as as Sarah, as you were saying, like, you know, in within the social unrest that was intertwined with COVID and people being, you know, being forced to stay home and think and be together and be like, what the hell? We haven't really moved forward in any of the social agendas you know, as a nation that we should have. And the movie is a perfect example of that because, you know, it does, it, 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 it exemplifies where you have these, you know, the, the, these men who were pillars in, in what they did, but the constant struggle with either acceptance or non-acceptance from the white community, you know, um, you know, I'm, I want people to see the movie, but I just think that all, that first scene with Jim Brown and Bo Bridges, 
Like you don't even see where that's going. And in the end yeah. of that, I was literally on floor. You're like, oh, what? You know what I mean? So it's just, but that is the life. That is the reality that these men said, live. A little, um, you know, trivia I won't go too far into, but that day on set, there was some, Oh, yeah. there was a, an incident that happened that provided us all with like a little bit of racial tension, like tension, worldly 2019, 2020, 2020 tension that, um, I, you know, I don't want to go into what it was, but I'll just say like it, if you were on the set that day and you didn't call into question what you had come from and what you had to learn, you like just weren't a part of it. And everybody, including, and I, I will speak for Regina on this. Like she, even she chimed in on, on what she learned that day. Like it was, it was a hard day and that was hard subject matter. Ultimately, I think like overall and, but then, you know, like it, 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 it's not like we had a set that was like always exempt from, from feeling the feelings that were the subject matter of the script either. You know, like, I, I think that's important. You, you know, you just said that Doug, but then I, I'm just echoing that that is, it was, it was a, we, we all dealt with that too. No, you have to. And it's a lesson that I learned when I worked on 12 years a slave is that, you know, you really things, things, you know, I mean, art is a way in cinema that we do. It kind of shines a light on society in certain ways, whether people know of things historically or not, you know, and, you know, as storytellers and as filmmakers, we sometimes get into a situation we see things that haven't even, you know, that our, our mind can't necessarily process or hasn't processed till that moment. And then, and, and that's because within the art that we're creating, you know, especially when there's something that's so rife with, you know, with, with, with racial, with racial ideas and storytelling, you know, like, I mean, and especially when things are historically accurate, like, as I said, when I referenced, when I did 12 years of slave and this movie that you guys worked on, you know, the historical connection to it makes everything that much more powerful you know, because it's not fiction. This is, this is America and what happened, you know, and, and people that lived in this country and fought for certain ideals, you know? So, you know, it's, it, it's powerful. It's a powerful story that way. And, um, you know, and, and you guys bring up an interesting point because, you know, as we often talk to people about the idea of teamwork, the idea, like, listen, a film crew is a family in certain ways, right? And as all of us have, have family members. We don't necessarily love all the family members we have, but they're family nonetheless, you know, and a film crew becomes a family in lots of ways. And we are put with people, you know, that, you know, that we're trying to achieve a same goal. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes everyone, you know, and we have to focus everyone and Tammy, especially you within the camera department, get everyone to understand, you know, the type of story you're trying to help tell and visually how you want to get there, you know, so, you know, that's just something I just want to say kudos because it from the way you guys are talking, it sounds like Tammy, you were you nailed that on the head with this group that you put together. So you know. we had the most incredible team. It was really but Sarah does that for me. I <laughs> I lean hard on Sarah. <laughs> and she just she's just she puts it all together. I, you know, <laughs> really I, I you know, it's I'm lost without her. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that's maybe the best compliment I've ever been given. I, I mean, I just, I, I have um, seen Tammy do the most amazing things throughout. I, I, I love this love fest. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite thing to talk about is just like how much you adore someone else. But I, you know, like Tammy to me just has been my icon forever so the fact that she like asked me to come and I was the one person at the camera department I was like I just cannot f this up like I just can't like <laughs> and, um uh, and I I I also have to say that I feel like Chad was pretty centrifugal in that team yes and and in, Fit in instantly yeah. like this is the this is what we have going and 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 I you know I think he 
he steered me in the right direction with what to do and and I and and how to go and I think even there were some times where he was like this is the only and best option you have and I was like listen man <laughs> nobody's gonna tell me what to do but I was like okay he's right <laughs> um but I I can't imagine especially like an eight camera scenario but then there was just so much more like with with B camera and um with you know, how much everyone respected and loved Chad locally. Um, you know, like it, like this was just the best case scenario. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have, I, I, I would be hard pressed to push a vision through like from anybody. Like, I mean, I just, Tammy's amazing. Like, and just, you know, like, the fact that she was able to tell a story, you know, like this is just, I, I think this is just awesome. And the fact that all these people came together to do it is just great. Like we were all just sort of on the same page. But to continue that love fest, the, the other side of it too is, you know, the, the input that we got from every corner. Cause I think a lot of times, especially in a camera team, you get stuck with, you know, everybody's just listening to the DP or, you know, sometimes you get a bullheaded operator that takes over. And I, I'm really into the voices of anyone who has a legitimate opinion. And Sarah had those constantly. So where you, you know, you're saying I, I had opinions you were listening to. I have never had that much legitimate good input from a first AC who like knew the story, who knew the framing, who knew everything that's happening. So what you're not saying is the number of times I turn to you, like what, what's the best option here thank you i mean i i you know our our relationship was great like it was it was it was very good and um you know i i i do but then i thought that that was you know like i mean i guess but i thought that was because you trusted me and i but well, i most of the time you you ask a first ac you're like so i i don't know how that would what go. do you what do you think happened there <laughs> they're like it was sharp i think it was sharp <laughs> and so to have an extended conversation where it's not just it was sharp which i get you know that's it's it's an insane job where you're just staring at the little lines when i also had we had this also like amazing like thing happen with um amp hours that happened at the beginning mm. of the job too where our producer didn't give us really a full fledged prep day together um right. so we were kind of like prepping and working and doing all these things on the fly like and um we were having to negotiate like actors personalities of which i have to say um <laughs> i was like this guy really like thinks a lot of himself and he has like a cell phone and all this stuff. And then people were like, Oh, do you mean the guy who is the star of Hamilton? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't know. <laughs> um, but then later I was like, yeah, that, that was that guy. Um, but, uh, and, um, uh, he's amazing. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. is a fantastic human being and a oh, workhorse for sure. Incredible. And what a voice. Uh, there were so many times we didn't know what was hit, where where he ended and Sam Cooke began. But um, trying to preserve what we all know is sort of the actor's platform and then trying to figure out like why the camera keeps dying and seizing every time we put it on you know, like a, like a certain platform and trying to figure that out, like all at the same time and not disrupt things um, was like the gr sort of horrible, but the best platform that Chad and I could have started off on. Like we were both like, so, okay, this sucks, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we both had the proper amount of nerdy uh, love for amp hours and batteries and gear. <laughs> <laughs> and and the alexa 65 is a hog it likes a lot of amp hours it's a hog and i i i can't i, I and i certainly don't want in any way shape or form to knock it because i think i think 
in sort of the 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 realm of of Tammy's um, vision to kind of like isolate four layers of personality on top of each other. Um, the only way you can really do that is with focus, like to kind of like represent, you know, like, you know, in a room of, of, of categorizing new and, and different events is composition, but it's also through focus. So it's also keeping that depth of field incredibly shallow. And um, in the parallaxing of that camera, there's a lot of things about that camera that are incredibly immersive. Yeah, it's a, it's a different school for sure. Yeah. And you had that from Old Guard. I feel like you really see it in the boxing also is where it really, those shots checking yeah, which was, behind that his was... back. It's just so intense and <clears throat> turning and following him. And I think the boxing is probably one of my favorite. And, and I'm not a, I admittedly don't like shooting a lot of handheld. I've done more of that than anything in my life. <laughs> it's just like, I love steady cam. I like classic things. I like uh, smooth things. I work really hard for that. So handheld gets a little sloppy for me, but when you're doing action and things like that, the handheld we did in this film, I thought was incredibly purposeful. And I get really annoyed when it's like just conversations and they're just shaky. <laughs> uh, this, this I thought was incredibly purposeful. And that was another thing Tammy thought about ahead of time during the shoot, it was always planned. And I love that it's not just, it needs more energy. Let's go handheld. <laughs> so, uh, the boxing was one of my favorite things in the world to shoot. And that was a handheld scene. And there's just like being, being in that ring and being with those characters. I spent a lot of time before the film watching documentaries on every single character. I get really obsessive before I do projects. So I'm watching, you know, I watch the actual fight before we shot the fight. And then being in that ring, it, it just... I, I've never gotten so many chills shooting a project in my entire life. And yeah. that was one of the best moments. It's, I mean, and a lot of it too, because Tammy, you, you referenced, you know, there was so much historical archival footage on these men and some of this stuff, you know, the, the, that, you know, which is the beyond the pale of famous, the, 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 the image of Ali shadow boxing in the pool, you know, and how you incorporate that within the movie. I mean, I just thought that was, such a great nod you know in a way because you know it is such an iconic photo and to replicate that within the film and have the photo being taken within the film is just such a wonderful touch um you know because that is such an iconic image and to be able to you know steal it for the right purpose of actually showing the historical moment of the photograph being taken is is you know is a great move you know and that happened again at the uh, the the bar that's at the, what is it at the bottom of the hotel? The but that was, that's a, the yeah. diner. Yeah. That was an incredible moment too. That, that it was, it was the bar, the pool, and then the boxing ring, like. Oh, right. oh well that, that, that should shot. definitely yeah. be that's talked from about. The boat book. That's yeah. You should talk about that, Tammy. Cause that was, that was really important because the post people tried to get you to not do it practically. The overhead or the. The looking through the camera. Oh, oh, looking through the camera. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. They wanted to do it green screen. Yeah, put it in later. But we, we, we just and Sarah was right there with me because it's very tricky. <laughs> you know, and and it's that was bad. one of those protective moments with Sarah too, because she was like, "Get out of the way." <laughs> <laughs> shoving this camera in the camera we're doing it the right way it was that feeling like if we didn't just power through and get it and just don't listen and don't stop you know because the minute was going to take more than 10 minutes to get it someone was going to say we'll put it in and post you know but uh, and, and you see this stuff in posts all the time and it's fine you know but there's something about actually shooting through a replica camera that he would have shot through that's Right. Then, there's, there's, and then Kingsley was so in character with the idea of learning how it how it worked. And right, like, right, where right. Could I have my hand, and why would I? And then how would I relate? And like that was just all such a like. I mean, the rooftop was so crazy for one million kinds of for reasons. Like, dog, my Preston broke. Um, like. 
it was our first time handheld. Like it was forever away. Like it was our night shoot. Like it, there was a, a million reasons why there was a, someone kicked an entire pallet of waters across a thing. Like it was just it was insane, but. Um, I think that the rooftop was worth every effort too, because when we were first scouting, we couldn't, Regina and I were like, we are not doing green screen. It's not our film. And we were scouting roofs and they, the actors would have all had to been on wires because it was too dangerous. And they only had little, you know, rims like this, a foot or something around them. And we were like, there's just, no, we, they're not going to be on wires. And then again, you know, producers and visual effects are bringing up green screen and we're like, no, no, that's not our film. And so the production designer, Barry had a really genius idea. He made the roof with shipping containers. So it was only 12 feet off the ground. And then we still had to put that, he made a very thin railing. At first we were like, no, can't have a railing. And then we're like, I, you don't even notice it. <laughs> but it gave us that freedom to, we shot it right outside the stage. And we had, you know, 260 degrees of darkness. So we could put the gaffer and I put little pinpoints of light like a quarter of a mile out. So like, is that a Miller light neon sign back then? Yeah, some neon signs. <laughs> so, but it was then, great. Yeah. yeah, and they, they like, they, the, the actors like just were always at home. Like they were just always, um, you know, like it, just in terms of like a harmony, like they just always like, like, you know, Regina definitely gave them a home. She is, you know, like she is an actress and she understands filmmaking, you know, in a way that only actors understand, like she's amazing. But Tammy really gives people, gives them all the structure to sort of like understand the realm that they, you know, like, just like, you know, she makes an environment and a world and then they can create. And, and Chad and Austin were really like awesome, especially on the rooftop, I'd say for sure. Like in terms of being able to be like, we'll just do it. We'll just shoot it. Like, you know, I mean, I, I just remember like when we were talking about it, I was like, how are we going to do this? This is crazy. And then it just like in my mind i'm like oh yeah we just we just fucking nailed it <laughs> <laughs> well that's i mean in the rooftop i mean and that's a perfect example because it's like you know um i had questions about the rooftop and none of them centered on the fact that did how did you not do it it never entered my mind for a second that you weren't on a rooftop somewhere you know what i mean so okay. that is a brilliant, that's good <laughs> no i mean that is a brilliant seriously but that is you know one of these things where it's like as filmmakers right as filmmakers we have to we have to you know get over the hump when there's a problem how do you solve the problem you know and especially like, you know, the number one problem for any cinematographer in a rooftop scene is going to be how the hell are you going to light a rooftop? And it's, I mean, it's like, it's a long scene. It's another one of these, I don't know if you were up there for, you know, a week or four days or whatever it was, but it's a long scene, right? So, you know, so the idea of bringing the rooftop to the ground is genius and being able to, you know, work on a shortened rooftop because that's always, you know, as, as, as crew, all, how many times have we all been in the situation where it's like, Oh my God, who picked this location? How are we going to shoot here? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, as an entire unit, we all make this decision to go someplace and shoot a scene someplace. And everyone's like, oh, we can't, we can't get equipment here. We can't light it. We can't do X, Y, and Z. Um, but making a rooftop that's not a rooftop is sheer genius. You know, kudos to you guys. That worked. There was never. Yeah, he made, he did, and the floor was so beautiful. Everything about it, the palm trees, the. Yeah, we had a couple little moments where there was, you know, the fog rolled in and there was too many palm trees, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's like <laughs> Vietnam. We're no longer in Miami. We have to fix this." It just got a little weird, but <laughs> yeah, that'll happen in New Orleans. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy thick fog one night, and then just nothing the the other night. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, that 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 that's the trick of shooting something over many nights, right? All of a sudden, it's like 
you know, you get that, you get that marine layer or that fog that comes in and it's just, it, it doesn't work with what you've done before. And in New Orleans, I mean, like how many nights did we talk about going out and shooting that rooftop? We we're like, well, we might go out and shoot the rooftop this night, but there was a lot. Yeah. It was, and it was windy. It was rainy. It, yeah. <laughs> actors in the scene or like, we don't want to disrupt that and then whatever. And then like the one night that I think the first night we were like, Okay, so we're centered in close-ups tonight. Like, <laughs> there's a fog. And that then- was the tricky thing about this shoot, also that we had these incredible actors, but they were all very busy actors. So they were coming and going. Kingsley was doing a movie in Toronto. Leslie had dates. Aldous had a TV show. It yeah, was- Kingsley blew my mind because he was doing that. Uh- Obama character at the same time yeah. he's playing Malcolm X and he's got a ridiculously thick English accent and every day he would just be reading or you know what you you got the YouTube video <laughs> he was going on <laughs> but he was watching the Malcolm X speech just all day every day and I, w- I would go to the restroom and he would be standing next to me he'd be like the white man <laughs> just all all day and the, the commitment he had was I've never seen anyone commitment like it. was amazing he would just be oh. pacing the set with his earbuds in. Yeah. So I made him a box because I was concerned. <laughs> I, oh yeah, I, you made the boxes. I made the boxes. I took I took coroplast, you know, from that we had left over from set, and I I made. A, it started with Kingsley because he had these earbuds in his phone, and he would he would have them, and he would walk through the set, and he would pace and he would listen to these things and he he would recite these Malcolm X speeches which were amazing like to what Chad was saying they were like amazing and jarring depending on what line you caught him at when yeah um, (laughs) I would go home at night (laughs) (laughs) but he um but he would just throw them on the floor of the set and I was like okay you know what I I we we have a problem like we have a like um we you know like like i'm gonna step on these things this is an right, issue yeah. so I, I made a box that he could put them in like coroplast box and because he was playing malcolm x i put a big x on the top of it and i called so it his xbox and then he called it <laughs> xbox and then he would take it everywhere with him and he was like i'm now putting everything and i need velcro because i have a light in it and i'm putting my phone in it and then i made one for all the actors because i was like well you were all very special to me and to all of us so we'll make them all i think leslie's but had there was a note on it and eli's had a i don't know some kind of fighting or something but yeah but there was nothing like his performance i i think I mean, they all had their moments where it was just really chilling, but it was like, there was one particular where he started uh, off camera, Regina was telling him to just go at Leslie to give him a reaction. And and I remember he was standing right next to me. And like I said, I was watching all these documentaries beforehand. So I'm just watching Sam Cooke react to Malcolm X and he was just tearing him apart. And the things he was saying, I was like, without looking at him I'm like Malcolm X is standing next to me yelling at this guy this is the (laughs) I just I was almost shaking you know there's there's those moments all the way throughout the film where you just you're you're so in it you feel like you're literally the because of the production design because of the acting I would in the middle of shooting it'd be such a long scene you just kind of suck into the screen and you're just in this weird flashback because they were so good at playing these characters I I mean, I think for sure that's like, that's it. It's like, you know, this is one for, for the books for, of ages, because like I was there with Kingsley and Leslie and Aldis and Eli, but like I was there with Malcolm X and Sam Cooke and Jim Brown. And I, like, I was there with those guys, like those guys embodied those guys. And I, I, I think that I, I'll speak for all of us when I say like none of us wanted to come out of that. Like when we felt that, you know, like yeah. there was there was never a moment where we kind of sensed that was coming on 
that we were like, we want to, we want to come out of this. Like we just wanted to explore it and delve into it and give them. And, and in that, right. I mean, that's Regina's movie. Like she, she provided a space for four men to explore Kemp's characters and Tammy did the best at, at taking them from a, a play and, and an actor into cinematically capturing them with without disrupting that so much. Like, it wasn't like this was a screenplay from its genesis. Like, like it's something bigger. This is a, this was an event that was made into a play that was made into a movie you know like and I I I I don't think if you came into this cold I I just have to imagine and I I can't say because I haven't seen the movie but if you were to see the movie that you would disagree with me that this is something that was um you know like like that you weren't a part of like you didn't see these four men. Like, I, I have to imagine that it, you would see this movie and you would be, believe that you were there with these four men in this moment and it, and it existed. You know, like... Well, I hate to tell you, Sarah, but I got the screener. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm the only one? <laughs> I, I, I did see it. and Oh, you did? I did. Yeah, uh, yeah cause I was right. I was writing the thing for icg and i was like i can't i haven't seen it and then right. <laughs> and she and they sent it you the link yeah yeah it's just getting no love <laughs> but I, I i thought it was almost at times more chilling than what we shot because you're seeing it all together so you'd have these weird little moments and and you know sometimes when you're working and shooting it's like if it's a comedy you don't laugh if it's whatever you're just you're like in this moment so i I think for me, I don't react as much as most people during things. And to know that like, even while I'm shooting, I'm getting that feeling that's, that tells me something. And then when watching it later, I, I had way more emotion watching yeah. it back, which was, that was kind of unusual too. I felt the same way, like during the t color timing, I mean, you know, the three or four times watching it entirely through every time I cried when it's Jim and Malcolm at the table, like, I had to hide it from Regina, you know, she's right next to me and she's gonna be like, you crying again? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh, that part was just, yeah. But circling back to what you were saying before, uh, you know, the in I was thinking about this, you know, as, as all this stuff was going on during the break and I was thinking about that while we were shooting it. I remember just sitting there watching them and especially, you know, going back and watching all these documentaries and stuff beforehand and then watching them. And then the, the emotional space that Regina allowed them to explore where you see Malcolm X vulnerable, you see these big characters who never, you, you never really witnessed them in a vulnerable state. Like that, that's what I think this movie really explored. And you see the pain that they were going through from, these centuries of struggle from oppression and you're watching that in 1964 going everything they've worked for has no specific visible return you know it's very small increments and then this is the huge culmination where it's right before Malcolm X gets shot it's right before Sam Cooke dies you know the timeline of what is about to happen and then all this stuff happens over the break and it just hit me even harder because I'm sitting, I was already sitting there going, oh, everything these guys worked for, we're still fighting a battle against. And then all this other stuff happened and you're like, it, it's worse than you even realize, you know, that, that hit me specifically hard over the break. I, I couldn't get it off of my mind, everything we were working on. And then just thinking everything these guys worked on for their entire lives. Well, the, the, the scene that we shot during COVID is when, you know, uh, Sam and, and uh, 
Cassius walk out of the liquor store together and they're like, you know, like talking about taking over. Like, I mean, it's the, it's the crux of the film. It's kind of like where, you know, it's the consciousness of the film. And um, to have that kind of be after George Floyd really just like hits hard. And then like yeah. with everybody in masks and like kind of coming out to do the right thing. Like, I mean, we did that in August, right, Tammy? Like it well, was- In July, yeah. Yeah, it was early. It was early. It was like-, it was like first of, shoots back, yeah. It was like, it was like, this is the right thing to do for for humanity, not like the right thing to do for, I mean, I'm not, not to but give it that urgency that we, this film has to come out now. Gotta you know? see this. People gotta know, like yeah. I cry. I cried every time. And I still probably would at, at just reading because I, I'm the only one here who hasn't. <laughs> um, at when I would read the, the the sort of end titles and it's like you know i mean at any point in time of of what you believe to be the the most important things of your life you'd hope like well just if everybody could just get together and agree and and we get to see in this movie this moment where everybody does and and you're so hopeful at the end of the movie, but then you have this sort of weight to, to realize that that was 30, 40 years ago. Like that was a long time ago and right. still yeah. fighting and we're still going and we're still pushing that through. Like, I mean, I just, every time I see that like all these men lost their lives um, right after, you know, the moment we decided to capture cinematically, like it's just that that's a hard pill to swallow. And and then after learning of of all the things, you know, I just was like, there there's no there no germ is gonna scare me away from fucking shooting this. Like I we got <laughs> well, we got to go do this. Like I'll I'll wear four hazmat suits and a mask. You know, like to get to get out there to push this through like right. no matter what like and then to do it for somebody i love like tammy um you know like i'm just i'm happy to you know this 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 is very special to me this is very special i can i can tell in the way that you talk and tammy you 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 know you put a team together with a lot of love and you know that that's important in this business you know and the movie is important and you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. I know this feeling you guys are having right now when you feel like you've worked on something that is bigger than just working on a movie. That is something that is a wave that can exist in the social consciousness of the population. You know, there are, there are so many teaching moments within this movie about these real men and what they fought for and what they, you know, were about, you know, and and there's teaching moments in how present day society is. And I think this will be one of these movies that resonates that way, that people will, will look to and understand, wow, we barely made incremental progress in 55 years. Look what people were fighting for, you know, back in 1964. And, um, and that's true, you know, and, and, you know, it's the society we live in right now. And as filmmakers and as artists, we're not always in a position where we can work on something that we think is going to be able to hold a mirror to society and have people think about, you know, changing the ways that they've been, you know, and it's important when those projects come, you know, and, you know, my hat's off to you guys and this team, Tammy, that you've been able to put together because this is a special story, you know, and I really, I really want people to go and see it because I was very moved, you know, by watching it, you know, the storytelling, the, the, the images within the storytelling, everything that you guys all did together to, you know, help Regina bring her vision to the screen, it's there and it's awesome. You know, it's awesome. You know, so I really, really, and I, I thank you all for coming here today and talking about this. This has been great. This will be another learning tool for, you know, the young filmmakers that, 
listen to us and watch this show about you know what putting together a team with a lot of love and caring can help uh, you know filmmakers to tell their story. Um, so I want to thank all of you for coming here today and 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 sharing space with us here and telling us of your adventures of making you know one night in Miami. And I think it's going to be great. I really do. Thank you all Thanks, for coming. Doug. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Doug. Any any parting gifts, Tammy? Any parting gifts you want to say to your team here that you haven't seen in a while before you don't see them again? That I miss you and I wish you were here with me now. <laughs> so Chad, we're all, Sarah, we'll be together soon. Chad, Sarah, Tammy, thank you so much for joining us here. You guys were Thanks, great Doug. guests. Thank you. Thank really, you. you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it a little bit of a mission of mine to talk about this movie as much as I can because I think it's important. Fantastic. All right. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. 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 bye.